At the end of your life, what will be your legacy? What will you leave behind for future generations? For the world, join the world messenger, Isabella Lundberg, each week as she brings you a new distinguished guest from the business, sports, or entertainment world to share their success, their struggles, and their lessons. They will share their insights into current hot topics that affect everyone. Isabella facilitates an intimate, vulnerable environment to find the true value of humanity and real leadership. Are you ready for your legacy? The legacy that matters? Hello, hello, my beautiful friends. It's Isabella here, the world messenger, and I'm inviting you for another epic episode of Legacy Leaders Show. I have a really awesome guest today that I'm super jazzed to have conversation with, and I'm sure you guys will get so much out of this power hour that we are aiming for today. Uh, not only he was um, part of American Idol and on Oprah Winfrey show and today's show and so many others with uh, his work in entertainment industry, phenomenal singer, great human all, but also being over the obviously so many different aspects in his life where he had to reinvent himself and who is he absolutely today. Phenomenal coach, best-selling author, and great speaker. You guys cannot wait to hear him speak. I had a privilege to hear him actually recently in Clubhouse, and without further ado, I wanted to introduce you to Justin Goriani. Justin, welcome. How are you? Hi, thank you very much. You know what? I, why do I even need to talk after an introduction like that? I, I just, I think... All I could do is just, I, I could just, uh, I don't know. I, I, all I can really just say is thank you so very much for having me here. Um, thank you for all that it is that you do um, and that you do for people, especially kids all around the world. Um, and I can't wait to dive into um, leadership and legacy and this wonderful conversation that I just, I, I love having. And as you'll see, I'm very passionate about. That's fantastic, Justin. So first of all, obviously you are extremely busy. You're father of three kiddos, different <laughs> age groups and different dynamics and a lot of responsibility. You're also husband, obviously, and you have a responsibility there as well, but you're also now a serial entrepreneur. And I just love to hear your journey, how this started, how you chose to put yourself out there. Uh, how many years ago, we don't even have to go there. You, you look amazing. And so it's like, <laughs> Time just stopped <laughs> when you showed up when you stepped a foot on that American Idol and then competed. So please tell us who was that young, amazing man with so many dreams in his eyes that you can just tell an amazing voice. Please tell us. Um, you know, my journey's been extremely interesting. Um, I was thrust into the spotlight at 22 years of age. Um, but if you backtrack. And we were talking a little bit before we started recording about how most people will see someone come onto the scene and make it big or, or uh, be thrust into the spotlight and yet not see the backstory, not see all of the winding roads and ups and downs and everything in between that created that success. And there's no such thing as an overnight success. That's what I really, really love. <laughs> yeah, there's no such thing. There's You're going to no disappoint so many people. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad that you'll be disappointed because you won't be, uh, uh, 
you won't be having these false expectations of just hitting it big. Uh, and if you do, uh, I think there's a documentary on some streaming service where you can uh, look at what's happened to many of the lotto winners, right? People who don't have a bunch of money who hit it big and all of a sudden have $350 million. You think, oh my goodness, I wish that would happen to me. And yet so many of those people end up so deep in debt, families torn apart, all kinds of things happen. And I would think that it's because they're just not prepared. They don't have the lessons. They don't have the failures. They don't have all of the ups and downs that it takes to be able to really truly understand how to utilize a gift like money or a gift like fame or a gift like whatever it is that you think success is. And so as we look back into my past, when we think about where I came from, I was born into the lights, the cameras and the action. My father was a high-ranking uh, political official in Atlanta, Georgia. As a matter of fact, he was the first African-American police chief in Atlanta. And um, that came with a lot of politics, came with a lot of notoriety. It came with a lot of lights, camera, action, and me having to dress up in uh, tucks and tails and go to different balls and galas <laughs> at a very young age. And I'm from a generation of Southerner who, in America, Southerner who uh, uh, children are meant to be seen and not heard. Uh, and if you oh. are asked a question as a child, you better know how to respond. And so that's the generation that I come from. My mother was one of the first 200 people to start up CNN. Um, and back when they were like, 24-hour wow. news, what? 24-hour news, that'll, wow. never, that'll never last. And so I grew up waking up at some ungodly hour, watching my mom put her makeup on in the dressing room, and then going into the control booth and seeing her broadcast the news for CNN. I'd go to lunch with the weatherman and I'd play on the set again, lights, cameras, <laughs> all those things were normalized for me at a very young age. And so when you go then fast forward to 22 being thrust into the spotlight, I yes, was prepared for the cameras. I was prepared for the action. I was prepared for the lights. I was prepared for the stuff that got thrown at me in terms of uh, um, what I needed to do and how I needed to perform, but nothing prepares you for that kind of exposure. And nothing prepares you for what you have to do in order to maintain your sanity and in order to be a leader in that situation. Wow, what an amazing upbringing and what a great story. Politician and CNN um, are very visible, obviously, both mm -hmm. roles, uh, mother and father that, as mm -hmm. you said, been at so much in spotlight, but also I'm sure that you learned so much from them and you spot on, even though you have all of that and it's normalized, but it's so different when it's spotlight on you. Exactly. So, <laughs> and then also when sometimes things don't go the way you expect it mm -hmm. to go, isn't it? When you mm -hmm. have some also in failures and disappointments and things that really put you to build your emotional muscle. And I love what you reflected on how different it is for people if they don't have those um, muscles um, 
they're going to fail and they're not going to be able to sustain it no matter what, right? Mm -hmm. So do you mind sharing a little bit about your experience at American Idol? I'm sure you'll tell the story a million times over. The reason why I want to people to hear why it was so important for you to compete when you look back and 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 and, and what what that really created and carved uh, for you the path forward, if you don't mind. Please. That's so interesting. And I just wrote down the note emotional muscle because that's really what it is. We have to build up our emotional muscle, our emotional tolerance, especially when it comes to show business. But what's really interesting, and one of the reasons why I love to do what it is that I do, which is coaching other coaches and consultants and entrepreneurs on how to grow their, what I call F-A-M-E, which is a program we'll talk about later on. But there's so many lessons that I've learned in show business that have taught me that all business is show business. Yeah. And, and so when we think about the emotional muscle, as you call it, it's so interesting when we then equate that and try and measure that up against so many of the things that entrepreneurs, we as entrepreneurs face every single day. It's the same thing that people in show business face every single day, and that's failure and rejection. Way more so than we do success. And the entrepreneurs who you've seen who have made it, the people who are the one name folks in media or in entertainment or in business, all of them have done one thing repeatedly, and usually the people at the top have done this one thing in a massive amount, and that is fail. Failure is one of the greatest teachers that we have in life and in business. And yet, with media, with cultural uh, with the education system, all these things we've been taught, trained and educated that failure is a bad thing that we must avoid at all costs. And what I love to tell people is, you know, my superpower, my superpower, the thing that I, I feel gives me the most success in my life is failure. Mm. Because everything that you want, whether it's the body you want, whether it's the spiritual connection you want, whether it's the relationship you want with your significant other, your kids, your family, whether, whether it's the business that you want, whether that's the money you make, the money you keep, the products or services that you sell, all of that, all of those things that you want are waiting for you just on the other side of your willingness to fall down flat on your face and fail. And if you look at anybody, whether it's Oprah or, uh, I don't know, any of the name someone, a huge person in their field, all of them have failed massively, way more than they have succeeded. But because they were able to embrace failure, because they were able to use failure to build their emotional muscle, to build their emotional tolerance, to build their tolerance, to build their emotional IQ, that failure that most people run away from, that failure that stops most people, ended up being the conduit to their success, ended up showing them how not to do things so that they could eventually figure out how to do things. And that's why I absolutely love failure. And so much of my career, to answer your question, to come back around to your question, so much of my career has been this wonderful peak and valley and peak and valley and plateau and peak and valley and peak and valley 
of success and failure. And American Idol was no different for me. Week in and week out, I faced failure head on, live on national television in front of 30 million people. And a story that I love to tell about one of my biggest, most public failures on American Idol live in front of 30 million television viewers here in America happened when I was singing a very well-known jazz standard called Route 66. Yeah. That night, now you see American Idol now and many of the shows now, there's live musicians, there's all this uh, people up on the stage, they're playing instruments, that, and it's all happening live. But the first season of American Idol back in 2002 when television in America was still in standard definition, it was literally, they pressed a button for a track to play and you went out and you sang live in front of 30 million people. It was the single most expensive karaoke show in the history <laughs> of the world. And yet now, now they have live musicians. Now, if, for example, something goes wrong, you can fix things on the fly, potentially the musicians, if it's just you and a piano player, maybe the piano, you can work something out. But back then, if you messed up, the song just kept playing and you had to do whatever you had to do. Well, jazz night was the first night where we did have live musicians up on the stage. We had a big band, a big band up on the stage with all the instruments. We had at least 10, 12, 15 people up there. It was super special for us. And that night I was singing Route 66, a very well-known jazz standard. And so I go out onto the stage live in front of 30 million people the band starts playing i mean it is cooking and i start singing the song and it just is rolling off my tongue it feels so amazing and i get to the bridge right before the chorus which is get your kicks on route 66. um and the bridge goes well, it goes to St. Louis, Joplin, Missouri, and Oklahoma City's looking mighty pretty. You'll see Amarillo, Gallup, New Mexico, Flagstaff, Arizona, don't forget Winona. Now, those are the lyrics. Flagstaff, Arizona, don't forget Winona. But for some reason, I sang flagstaff alabama now if you know anything about route 66 the actual road you'll know that it doesn't come within a thousand miles or a hundred miles of alabama right yeah exactly now here i am with the lyrics flagstaff what should be flagstaff arizona don't forget winona but i've just sang flagstaff alabama and now we're cooking this is live television we are cooking and in Less than a second, I have to come up with something in my mind that rhymes with Alabama. And in that moment, if we were going to stretch out time, my hair lit on fire. I was running, screaming around in the stage. Of course, this is all in my mind. This was happening. And <laughs> there was something in me that just said, live in front of 30 million viewers on the one night we have live music i'm in my tux i've got all this big hair i'm sitting in this one second gap where i have to make a choice i let go and i like to say that i let go and i let god and in that moment it just came to me because i was born in georgia and one of my most favorite places is savannah in this whole world 
And anybody who's ever seen Forrest Gump or Midnight in the Garden yes. of Good and Evil yes. will yes. know how gorgeous Savannah is, right? Yes. And in that moment when I sang Flagstaff, Alabama, don't forget Savannah, King member. And that was a big failure on my part. That one second, now out of the three minute or 90 second song, one second of massive failure, I had a choice. I could have fallen apart. I could have mumbled my way through it. But what did I do? I just kept moving forward. I embraced the failure and I embraced the moment and I just let go. And I trusted that the right thing would come to me at the right time. And this was a second I literally had probably less than one, 1,000 in order to make this decision. And yet that failure, the reason why I tell that story so much is because in that moment, I learned to trust myself. In that moment, I learned to trust my instincts. I learned to trust what I would call, you know, the, my connection to God and the spirit yes. that lives within me in that moment because I was provided for higher that, self yes. yes my higher self right whatever you want to call it yes. that's just my nomenclature right and so that thing that i could see as a failure that moment that i could beat myself up for that just point point in time that i could have fallen apart i ended up embracing what was a failure and it ended up just giving me a life lesson that i carry with me uh, to this day and and still in situations like this, tell that story. So that really encapsulates what happened on American Idol for me. And when I got to the finale and I wasn't selected as the American Idol, I was legitimately happy for Kelly Clarkson, who was the idol because it just was right. And I knew that I had given my all on that show and that being able to perform in front of 30 million live viewers every single week, twice a week, even sometimes was way more of a gift and would pay way more dividends down the line. And for the past 20 years, that's exactly what it's done. And I've been able to operate at a high level and come on wonderful shows like yours and, and spread my message and really help people in all walks of business understand that all business is show business. And at the end of the day, failure is one of the greatest things that you can ever ever experience in your life and in your business. That is so beautiful lesson and a lot of great um, lessons within the lesson here. Mm -hmm. Obviously, not only you build your muscles, but you build your capacity, your emotional, your spiritual, mm -hmm. your mental capacity. And as a result, also be able to serve and contribute and help others. And I love what you said, you could have split second fall apart, uh, mm -hmm. but you continued and my my big question now is like how many people truly really did notice and then when it's i'm sure when it's talked about then obviously highlighted stuff but in reality you know i'm sure for a lot of people was not even registered there was slightly even a word change or different but yeah. um the beauty is what i love about what you mentioned because top three fears justin that constantly keep coming up fear of success is number two 
Yes. Fear of, I'm sorry, number three, fear of failure is number two, because sure. it's interesting if you are afraid to fail, you, you're also afraid of succeeding, but, mm -hmm. but in order to succeed, you need to fail. And if you're not allowing yourself to fail, how are you going to succeed? So it makes sense, right? But what mm -hmm. a lot of people don't realize, what is the fear of number one? That why people uh, will not even try to fail because they don't even get to that point. Mm. So it's like, you know what it takes. You have to fail over and over and over and perfect it and get better. So you you can really ultimately succeed and and one one thing i've learned is a definitely rejection fear of rejection mm. and, and the reason why this ties so beautifully to your story you first of all did not reject yourself you mm. were able to really embrace that and not necessarily just seek perfection you did the best you can you showed up and you knew that you did your part so was it easier to face that right mm -hmm. But imagine how many people just because of fear of rejection will never step on yes. the podium where they can be exposed to 30 plus million people. Mm -hmm. will, because they're, first of all, rejecting the beauty, who they are, the confidence, all of those pieces. And, mm -hmm. and, and as a result, they never fail. And as somebody said, very smart, then obviously they never did anything important. And that's why yeah. they did not succeed. So what is your take on that? You know what? I, I think it's beautiful. And I think that that fear of rejection, why, why does that? And my instincts say when we get into, okay, I fear being rejected because, and this is not the only reason, but it's the first thing that comes to me. There's an identity. There's an identifying with the wrong thing. Yes. When we fear rejection, it seems to me, the fear of rejection is because we identify with the feedback. We identify with acceptance or lack of acceptance. We identify with what other people see us as, mm -hmm. as opposed to identifying with what we see ourselves as, as opposed to identifying with the gift that we have as you put it identifying with our higher self right yes. um and so when we identify with acceptance or other people's opinions maybe that's even it when we identify with the opinions of others we give away our power we are robbed of not only the gift of giving and expressing ourselves but the gift of what our unique vision and voice gives to other people. Rejection is such a funny thing. And <laughs> doing what we do here, just even in a simple podcast, being able to put yourself out there, being in the spotlight, however big or small, mm -hmm. when we face rejection and move past it, when we face failure and we move past it, when we face the fear of success and we move past it, however big or small that is, you talk about legacy here. One of the legacies that we so often don't give ourselves credit for is that when we actually make the attempt, whether we succeed or fail, just in making the attempt alone, we give permission to other people who might not otherwise attempt it on their own. That is so powerful and so beautiful. Interesting. Like, wow. 
Yes, it is. And it's so nice to see how you also connected the dots. And it's, and that is where the power is. And then for everybody watching and listening, uh, it, this is the path to that greatness that every yeah. single one of us have. But how many people never unfold, right? And how many yeah. people never truly fulfilled and lived through? And or they were curious to live through others because they feel yeah. like something is missing with them. And in reality, they never tapped into it because they yeah. never dared. Yeah, and you know, I, I think that the, that really, you, you talk about greatness, right? And when I think yes. about greatness, one of the biggest enemies of greatness is not necessarily rejection, failure, or the fear of success or the fear of any of those things. I think that's part of it too. But one of the biggest enemies of greatness is good. Oh, <laughs> you know, I'm, uh, this is just good enough. Uh, or mm -hmm. I'm good enough at this. This is, I have a, you know, I have a good uh, relationship with my spouse. I have a good relationship with my kids. I have a good relationship with my family. I have a good relationship with my clients. I have a good relationship with myself and with my body. And yeah, that's great. That's good, right? But so many people settle for just good enough. And there's nothing wrong with that. But there is a potential in all of us for greatness. And if you want to achieve greatness, one of the first things you have to do is let go of the concept of just good, being good enough. Because greatness requires sacrifice. It requires the failures. It requires rejection. It requires that, as you put it, working of your emotional muscle and tolerance and it requires above all else i believe that connection to your higher self and very, the introspection right the yes. introspection that comes with that because you cannot discovery. Fail. yes the discovery right because you cannot fail successfully without the component of self-discovery you cannot fail successfully or succeed or face rejection successfully without going within and really checking in with yourself and not just having a good relationship with yourself, but a great relationship with yourself. Because unless that relationship with yourself is great, then how can you expect the things outside of yourself? With others, yeah, yeah. absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And the reason why I mentioned greatness, and I'm so glad you ran with that, mm -hmm. because greatness to me is prerequisite. Also, our own greatness, our own desire is the one that also tracks and helps us to fulfill our own legacy. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that over years and over time and how much we've accomplished changes and constantly adds to it. I mean, somebody who, like yourself who accomplished so much. I mean, you're a great husband. You have father of three children. I'm so glad you're running with the greatness in such a great way and connecting the dots because a lot of times people like, oh my God, he's so great, but they don't know what it takes for you to be great. And as oh. you said, how much is sacrifice there, how much is conscious decision to be that phenomenal human on daily basis, consistently as a great husband, as a great father, as a great colleague, as a great partner uh, and in business and outside the world, as a great singer or actor or whatever your pursuit is through these amazing creative avenues. And I also feel like that is huge prerequisite for us to really tap into 
our legacy to do something of significance, right? Because other people attracts to that, that infectious smile, personality, amazing energy that radiates from within. And with that in mind, obviously you've been through many different elements since obviously that American Idol. And how did you carve this amazing path for yourself with all these great accomplishments? And I cannot wait also to hear where you headed. What uh, else is there in that bucket list? You know, sometimes when I think of carving my path, um, I, I kind of feel like the plow that, w that was drug behind the ox, right? I plowed it with my entire being and I was plowed into the earth as it happened um, growing up really. But um, now I feel like I have so much more of a better understanding of <laughs> how to carve my own path, but instead be the person who's holding the plow <laughs> and then standing behind the ox who's dragging it. And so, um, you know, how, how did I do it? Um, it was, it was really a complete and utter commitment to just doing what this eight year old version of me said that I wanted to do. And that story is really sweet and simple. Um, my father, who was uh, a major in the police office, uh, police force at the time in Atlanta, um, had uh, in his jurisdiction um, control over the police force that was inside of the baseball stadium in Atlanta. And so at the time, during one summer, the Jackson Five on their victory tour in 1986, I think it was, were wow. touring around America. Michael Jackson and his brothers getting back together. It was huge. They sold out this huge baseball stadium, which you can't even do anymore. But at the time, that was the thing, tours as they were. And so I, because my dad was uh, uh, all involved in that and was part of the police force and the protective detail, I got to be there and I got to see it and I got to be in the audience. And I remember looking up at the stage and seeing the smoke and the lights and the costumes and the dancing and the music and feeling the thump of the bass drum in my chest and the audience screaming all around me and just the energy and the uplifting spirit of that moment. And for no apparent reason, and to no one in particular other than myself, I pointed to the stage and I said, I want to do that. I remember it as clear as day, even though I was eight years old. And now eight-year-old me didn't know what any of that meant. I just saw it, I felt it, and there was a connection there for me. And I said, I wanna do that. And that was when I opened a loop. And then, oh, so many years later, at 22 years of age, after failure and success and being in the school choirs and doing the school plays and trying to get a record deal and just karaokeing and doing all the things and going around to the state fairs and having agents and trying to do modeling and doing all the things and <laughs> acting and singing and dancing and going to college and studying voice and going to college and studying acting and going to college and studying musical theater and dance. After all that time, the span of eight years old to 22 years old, I found myself touring around the country one night, every night being lifted up on this elevator 
that brought me up to the stage wow. where I was then that person singing wow. and dancing and touring around the country that that eight-year-old boy had pointed to on the stage saying that he wanted to be. I became that person at 22 years of age and I closed that loop. But here's the thing that I love to tell about that story and why I love the topic of your podcast here. What was my legacy in that moment? Great, I'd accomplished all that success. I had had all the things, but what really matters to me now, you know, I was 22 then, now at 42, looking back on that, my real legacy in that moment was the fact that I hope somebody in the audience was listening to me dance and sing and do my thing up there. I hope somebody pointed to me or to one of the other people who was up on the stage and said, I want to do that. That's my legacy. That's me paying it forward. And so when we, th I think about all the successes and all the failures and all the everything in between, at the end of the day, I know that at this point in my life, I've carved a great career for myself. And now I'm beginning to move into that legacy phase where, okay, what's the bigger picture? What's the yeah. bigger play? What's that thing that's going to outlast me and how can I make the biggest impact? So yeah, I got to be on television and get to be on television still to this day in front of millions of people and come into hundreds of millions of homes. I get to be on the stage on Broadway uh, and I'm going back um, later on this year and into next year. I get to um, do so many wonderful things in the entertainment space, but especially over this past year, I've made a pivot and a transition into really serving at the highest level and taking all of that experience, all of that wisdom, hard-earned wisdom, and paying it forward to people who also want to serve at a high level. Not necessarily just in the entertainment space, but coaches, consultants, authors, influencers, podcasters, people who want to deliver a message and to serve at the highest level, which is why I love coaching other coaches and I love coaching other entrepreneurs on what I call my F-A-M-E formula. And uh, really at the end of the day, what that is is I help people to grow their fame, F-A-M-E, in order to create a flood of clients in their business on autopilot. And so the fame formula breaks down, and, and this is an oversimplification, but it breaks down into F, finding the right message to attract your perfect client. A, acquiring leads with authority position. M, making getting sales enjoyable, not just for you, because you're getting the money, but enjoyable for the people who are actually supporting you and the people that you want to serve. And yeah. then E, evergreening, AKA autopiloting that entire process so that you can get your time back because time is one of our greatest resources that you can't make more of you can make more money right <laughs> you can make more money i know that sounds crazy to after after this wild year that we've had you can always make more money but you can't make more time and so that's why the fame formula is such a passion of mine and which is why i love to uh share my free master class where i actually teach the fame formula to people all over the world 
And for everybody watching and listening, I mean, obviously, this is so amazing. Not only you can obviously follow and hear his singing and performance and everything else and pretty soon seeing him in Broadway shows. But what's amazing is also opportunity to take advantage of the fame. It's free. It's available. People can I'm definitely going to find. I will post the link and include Please. that. An opportunity to connect with you. Uh, you've been so active in many different platforms. For anyone that is also being coming uh, to Clubhouse, I will highly recommend to find us in there and I'll connect because you've been active there as well and, yes. and sharing some really powerful stories. And the best part, what I love about you, Justin, you walk the talk, you've been through these things, experience, you experienced yeah. them, you know what you're talking about because it's so many people that are out there that are trying to take care of some piece of business or advocate or tell other people what to do but they never did that themselves. And very quickly that shows, doesn't it? So yeah. please definitely take advantage of the FAME program and opportunity to see how maybe you can also work with Justin as well. Mm -hmm. But with that in mind, I'm sure it's more on your bucket list that you wanted to still do and accomplish. Do you mind sharing with the audience um, based on all of those great successes and great trajectory you had, what's there in the bucket list yet left to do? <laughs> wow. Um, I've been very fortunate to do a lot of things um, in the spotlight and in front of the camera and at the middle of the stage. but my next big bucket list and, and where I'm headed is getting behind the scenes and mm -hmm. really becoming a, an executive producer because I know that right now, you know, my youngest child is eight. My next oldest child is 10. My stepdaughter is 16. And I know that in a couple of years, my, my daughter's going to be off having her own life. I know that within the next 18 to 12 years, my boys are going to be off and having their own lives, however that is. And so it's so important for me now here in my 40s and over the next 10 years especially to plant a flag in the ground and begin to build brick by sometimes boring brick the foundation yes. that's going to allow me to build something that is my legacy which is going to be the impact that i make in the entertainment industry in the entrepreneurial industry and as a producer behind the scenes and what i mean by that is you know i have designs on you know, really creating shows whether they be musicals tvs movie um uh, different podcasts that share the message of faith, share the message of getting in touch with your higher self, sharing the message of the things that you talk about, um, the things that we talk about here in this thing, embracing failure and not beating people over the head in a, in a, in a motivational, inspirational way, but those things being the undercurrent of the stories, right? It's yeah. like, you know, give, give them a little bit of sugar, but also, you know, put a, like, like Mary Poppins, right? Just a spoonful <laughs> of sugar, right? Helps the medicine go down. And, and so, you know, that. And I realized that as I, over the next few years, especially, build this foundation, that I, I want to get my time back. I've spent so much of my time touring around the country, around the world, and being called off to these different locations. And I recognize that, that 
that's all well and good to make money and to do the things that I love, but my legacy is sitting right here in my home, in my three children, in the relationship that I have with my wife. And that's why it's so imperative for me to like go all in, especially over the next two to five years, so that before my children go off and have their life, that I get to have the time back to be able to be with them and to be mm. able to help build the foundation of their legacies as well. That is so amazing and very impactful, not only as you mentioned from your perspective, but also from generation that you're already grooming uh, with your own home, but also generations that are listening and following you and interacting with you and want to learn from you. So with everybody again, listening and watching, it's so important to quickly self-discover and adjust. Yeah. And, and I love how you're reflecting on some things that worked maybe even five, 10, 15 years ago, not, not necessarily uh, done the same way and it's okay and how you pivot and how you adjust and mm. how you distill what is important in this chapter of your life mm. and that is so brilliant it seems like you're doing that very seamlessly and very effortlessly right? you know what it would seem like i'm doing it very seamlessly and effortlessly but it is quite <laughs> seamy and it is it is quite effortful but again it's the beginning you know yes. i've only really started um this version of my entrepreneurial journey um, this year. Again, those failures, I've tried different versions of the same thing and I found a lot of the things that I tried didn't work. A lot of the things that I wanted to um, work with people on, I didn't necessarily have the right message. I didn't necessarily know how to brand myself even though I've been in front of 30 million people, I didn't know how to put myself in a position of authority when it comes to business. Yes. Right? Sh oh, show business. Great. Sure. People get it. I sing. I dance. I act. I do all that stuff. That I, I mean, I have, I have that, you know, quote unquote experience there. Decade, uh, two decades of it. But what about the authority positioning in business? How do I, how did I position myself there? And then sales and selling and then automating the entire, all of those things I needed to learn and yes. once i got a hold of it i was like oh oh and i get it and you get your hands dirty and you make all the mistakes and now that's why i teach it because even in the teaching of it even when i work with people one-on-one -on -one or in groups i'm learning just as much as they are mm -hmm. and that's the beautiful thing about coaching and consulting and why that lights me up to do it and why i get so passionate about it because i recognize that no matter how much success I've had, no matter how many people I've been in front of on television or on stages or whatever, I'm still constantly learning and growing and faced with the opportunity to discover more about myself. And it's a never ending journey there. I mean, there's there's just no finish line. And when you can embrace the fact that there's no finish line, <laughs> then you get rid of these expectations that will stop most people. You get rid of these barriers of success or these whatever, these vanity metrics, you know, likes, followers ugh, that don't matter, that stop most people or discourage most people. You, you get over and get rid of those and you realize I am on a journey of self-discovery. I am on a journey of learning how to serve at the highest level. And when I embrace those things, I am served. I discover more about myself 
and it becomes this beautiful cyclical pattern where you give and you receive and you give and you receive and you give and you receive and you just walk the path and it, it just becomes this beautiful journey that is unique to you. I love the reminder how powerful that is. That is all about you, your own journey, yeah. not comparison with others, but yeah. also opportunity to learn and adjust. And more, more than ever, both of us know that how important it is to acquire additional skills because it's not anymore enough yeah. to be a great singer. It's not enough to yeah. be a great actor and remember the lines. It's, it's also mm -hmm. about um, so many additional components and understanding new technology and new mm -hmm. concepts. And then also really the new Era, how is business done and understanding mm -hmm. really what is happening around us so we yeah. know how we can serve those people in the best possible way mm -hmm. so that is a very um eye-opening i'm sure for so many listeners and people that are watching because you can at any given time figure out what's important to you mm -hmm. and go after and of course takes the planning takes that discipline takes the effort but it's mm -hmm. possible so I just want to wish you not only phenomenal ongoing success, but also with everything you're sharing, um, you, you're planning, giving yourself time. And then just that process, trust in the process. I think mm. it's also already more than 50% attributed to your success, just the way you sure, go sure. about. So I just want to kudos you and congratulate you for, okay. for that amazing tenacity that you keep exuding and, and keep going for it. <laughs> Some days it's hard. <laughs> I know, I bet so it is. Hard. It's so hard, but you know, that's the, that's the thing. That's the thing that separates the entrepreneur from the entrepreneur. On the days when it's hard and you don't feel like getting up and you don't feel like doing what it is that you need to do, you don't feel like getting in front of the camera or putting your cell phone up and making the video or making the graphic or whatever it is, it's on those days that the entrepreneurs will pull the covers over their head and, uh, and stay in bed. But where the <laughs> entrepreneurs drag themselves out of bed and do what needs to be done because they have the vision, they have the bigger picture, and they recognize that it's just a journey, and it's not always going to be uh, sunshine and rainbows, <laughs> and uh, and and often on the days when we feel the worst is when we actually when we push through and when we embrace the feeling of failure or sadness or whatever negative emotion you want to put in there. That's often when we discover the most about ourselves and when we discover and sometimes make huge breakthroughs in our growth and in our, in our lives and in our businesses. Brilliant. And in closing, if you have any additional remarks or message for audience that is listening and watching, what yeah. would be your message for them to achieve not only that obviously greatness and continue to push themselves forward, but to really go after that big, huge legacy and, and, and yeah. fulfill their life in the ways that they never imagined it's possible. What would you recommend and give them advice to do and or something very actionable? Sure. I think that the foundational element that we don't talk enough about when it comes to creating the space and time and energy and passion and stamina that it takes to create a true legacy, the foundation of all of that really breaks down to confidence. Mm -hmm. And what does confidence mean? 
Well, if we look at the root word, the English root word of confidence, it's confide. And what does confide mean? It means to trust. That's why we tell our secrets to a confidant, a confidant, someone we trust. Mm -hmm. And when we don't have self-confidence, it really just means that we don't trust ourselves. And so it is vital to learn not only to trust yourself, but to trust yourself in the process. And here's one reason why. I'll never forget when I heard this come out of the mouth of one of my greatest mentors, Myron Golden, it blew my mind and, and solidified the reason why I knew that confidence was one of the biggest things that I needed to create and skills that I needed to build. You want to talk about a muscle build <laughs> in my life. When you recognize the fact that everyone you come in contact with sees you not through their eyes, mm -hmm. but through your eyes, you'll see that when you don't have self-confidence, you are literally telling people that they can't trust you. Wow. So when you recognize that everyone you come in contact with sees you through their eyes, not, oh, it sees you through, I'm sorry, not through their eyes, but through your eyes, you'll see that when you don't have confidence, AKA self-trust, you are literally telling other people that they can't trust you. So if you want to go into business with someone and build a business relationship and you don't have confidence, you're literally telling that person that they can't trust you to do business with you. If you want to get into a relationship and build intimacy, deep trust, but you don't trust yourself, you're literally through your actions, your words on a subconscious level as well, telling that person that they can't trust you in that relationship. If you don't have self-confidence, you make bad food choices. If you don't have self-confidence, you make bad fitness choices. If you don't have confidence, you make bad money choices because you don't trust yourself to do the right thing with the money. And you don't even trust that the right thing will work. So confidence mm -hmm. is a muscle that you must build in order to learn to trust yourself and to trust yourself in the process and to be able to put out the energy to other people that says you can trust me as well. And so we talk about self-discovery. Yeah. We talk about embracing failure. We talk about success and the fear of success. We talk about embracing rejection. Those are all pathways and conduits that lead you to a place of confidence of self-trust and it is a muscle. And the more that you invest your time, your energy in focus and focus in failure, in overcoming your fear of success, in overcoming your fear of rejection, the more you will become confident. And the more confident you become, the more likely it is that you will leave a legacy that is worth remembering. Wow. What a beautiful close, what a beautiful reflection and so much again for everybody to pay so close attention. So please, please, please make sure you are following Justin. Justin, where would you like them to uh, sure. connect with you and find you? Absolutely, you can find me on all the Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, everything in between. It's all at Justin Guarini. And if you can't spell it, don't worry. Just look up uh, the guy from American Idol with the hair. <laughs> My name should <laughs> pop up. But yeah, I'm at Justin Guarini at all on all the socials. So that's where you can find me and find out more about the FAME formula and all of the uh, wonderful stuff that I like to do with people in our industry.
Brilliant. So again, I will make sure that you guys get a link so you can connect with him as well as learn about the FAME program that you absolutely should take advantage of. Justin, it was an absolute pleasure to have you on the Legacy Leader Show and share such a great wisdom and such a amazing, again, experiential stuff that really led you not only where you're here today, but also for us to root for you, where you headed and what else is there to unfold. So again, good lives, this is to be continued and we'll hear more and we'll circle back uh, down the road and hear where Justin is. But for right now, stay well and look forward to your amazing comments and feedback on this episode of Legacy Leader Show. Thank you for listening to Legacy Leader Show. If you enjoyed the content and had a positive experience, then please leave us a positive rating. In addition, leave us positive review whenever you are listening on whatever platform there might be. Make sure your friends and family also know about the benefit and value that we provide and what we have to offer. Cheers.